This show is presented by Manscaped. Sign up for 20% off manscaped.com using the code DANGLE. Jesse and I are wearing our colors today. Yeah. Jesse's got his Rams jersey on. I got my McLaren t-shirt on. Team Rams. McLaren. Team McLaren. Rams, so Rams are playing, uh, obviously, in the Super Bowl. And I actually said to say, I'm, I, I can't cheer for the Bengals because I'm a Steelers fan. So go Rams. Oh. Also, I want Matt Stafford to get the due that he deserves. He played for the shitty Detroit Lions for 10 years. Put up great numbers anyway. And they never traded him to somewhere where he could win until now. That's, so this is great. That's the thing about Matt Stafford, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and here's another thing Steve knows a whole lot about. Formula One. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. McLaren is putting out their new car today because they've changed up all the regulations. So I got my McLaren gear on because I'm a big McLaren guy. Who are the two drivers now? Uh, Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo. Ah, yes. Yeah. So Those are real names. You... <laughs> Have you not seen Drive to Survive yet? No. Why have you not watched that? I don't. How many times do we have to tell you? Yeah, you you're gonna really like it. I usually, um, you know what? My wife has a trustworthy opinion about what to watch on like Netflix and stuff. And her current show is Yellow Jackets. Mm -hmm. And I gotta say, she was wrong. Yeah, that one doesn't do it for me. That doesn't no, do it for I me. don't know the name of the actress, but she was in Castle Rock, and this is just Castle Rock with high school students. Two. Shows that start good and end up by the end of the season, you're like, oh, I watched a stupid show and I'm not going to continue. Castle Rock's one of the worst shows I've ever seen. It was one of the biggest disappointments I've seen on TV. And it started so great. So why haven't you given Drive to Survive a shot? When everybody says it's good. <laughs> okay, how many Everybody's seasons telling are you? Three. It's like too three. late. No, it's Steve, really it's a not. Netflix show. <laughs> too late. And there's also not a lot of episodes. It's not like it's 20 episodes a season. How many episodes? Like, like eight? Ten, maybe, yeah. max. Um, okay, that's uh, that's more manageable. It also just, started three years just ago. Just watch like, it. <laughs> Simply watch. Stop bullying it's, me. It's, it's ten times what... I'm going to uh, mute you. It's ten times the what the Leafs thing was, because you get, like, real access. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least to certain teams. So, like, in the first season, you don't see Ferrari. You don't see Mercedes. You don't see. I don't even think you see. You see McLaren. It's McLaren, mm -hmm. Renault, and but barely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McLaren, Renault, and like Haas, um, and Force India, and then and then the next season because it took off, they're like, okay, fine, we'll include Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen and whatever. And yeah. then I know, you know those names. Do you, okay, <laughs> generally I know those. I names. got my sister into it like a couple months ago, and that's exactly how I set it up. I was like, the first season, you're seeing all the secondary teams, you're seeing like the middle of the pack, and then when they get to the second season, that's the stuff I really care about because you're seeing the winners. Yeah, like I want to see the big stars and behind the scenes and that. And behind the scenes in that aspect, and that's where you it really picks up in the second season. And what's the first fun about season's really good too. I, I mean, Formula One's cool. I mean, this this season was one of the most dramatic and such a such a uh, such a terrible, disappointing ending. Um, with the way that they the the my, Michael Massey, the guy that runs the track, like you you want to talk about terrible officiating? <laughs> Formula you One, this to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and. And it's funny because half the drivers have come out for and half the drivers have come out against. So that's kind of fun, too. You fur it or again it. Fur it again it. <laughs> and the other thing is now they have a salary cap. So they didn't have that before. So you'd have you'd have uh, Mercedes and Ferrari spending 600, 700 million on their cars. And then you'd have like Williams coming along with 50 million. And it was impossible for them to compete. So now they've got a set amount of money that they can all spend. 
and a completely new car. Whoa. So it's going to throw everything in. Uh, you know, I think Lewis Hamilton and Verstappen will probably be the the best two at the end of the season, but it's going to be a rematch, and I'm so excited for it. So, and the thing is, with Formula One, sometimes who finishes third, fourth, and fifth is the more exciting race. Like, that's what's more exciting at the end of the season. It's like, oh, fight for third is going to be insane. Yeah? Yes. yes. Well, it's podium, right? Well, but even the fight for, sometimes the fight for sixth is crazy because they, they look at it like this. You've got your top of the field, your top four teams, or your top four drivers, and then you've got your mid-pack, which are the next three teams, and then uh, the, then there's like the, the bottom feeders, so the bottom three. Oh, I think I have a wrestling analogy that might help me there, understand Please, this. yes, yes. Is it like the intercontinental title? Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. I nailed it. And you're kind of excited about that, right? Because that's the warm-up to the big finale, right? Oh, I love the intercontinental title. It's a, I it's also a real love mouthful. It, uh, saying it's staccato. Intercontinental. Jesse, what kind of uh, what kind of odds are you giving the uh, Rams this weekend? Oh, so... That's just, uh, the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to note the jersey I'm wearing, it is a St. Louis Rams jersey. And I had a long thing since they took my team away uh, from St. Louis that I wouldn't cheer for the LA Rams ever. I cheered for the Patriots when it was Patriots-Rams Super Bowl a couple of year years ago. But I've come around. Uh, this Rams team is very fun. They have a lot of superstars that I want to see win. Uh, Odell. And, and for the audience, who are some of them? Odell. Odell. Aaron Donald. Uh, Vaughn Miller, uh, Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver I've ever watched in my He's entire insane. life. He's, He's crazy. Um, yeah, so I'm rooting for the Rams this weekend. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to win. That's my pick. Who are you rooting for, Steve? Oh, man. Well, there's two teams, right? So it's the Rams and also the Bengals. <laughs> um, one of them looks like a tiger. Yeah. Uh -huh. You would be a big Joey Burrow fan. Yeah, you would. You yeah. would love Joey Burrow. Because... He appears to be Penguin's Kessel, where he's just <laughs> a guy who's an athlete but successful. Like he's no, also no, not... no, no, because Burrow Burrow <laughs> no. likes the spotlight. Oh, and really? he he dresses no. like it too. He's a cool dude. Yeah, he's cool. yeah. Okay. He doesn't give a fuck. Hmm. Yeah, it's cool That's, dude. That he doesn't is give a clear. fuck. I'm trying to think of the hockey equivalent because I need that. there really isn't. No, like no. we we talk about superstars and. Uh, you guys touched on it on Asian Provocateur, actually. Yeah. On um, the NHL not creating mega superstars. And jo Joey Burrow is a superstar that the NHL doesn't have. And also, isn't he like 23? He's it, two years out of college. Wow. Yeah. Um, it is just me and Alan on this episode. And I think you're not going to want to miss it because we talk about the Coyotes. We talk about mm -hmm. the fact that, that since Gary Bettman has taken over, there have been no crossover mega superstars like since Wayne Gretzky. And it's true. Yeah. Um. And don't tell me Sidney Crosby is on the same level level Wayne not Gretzky was because he's not even close. Not even close. Um. And uh. And and then we talk about how to become an agent in the NHL, and it's ah. a two part series. So we're gonna have a second part next week, but um, we're gonna play a clip from that in just a second. Anyway, so Jesse, do you think it'll be Rams in a walk? Do you think it'll be a close Oof. game? Um. I think they win by a touchdown. A touchdown. Yeah, I think because uh, the line right now is Rams minus four and a half. You get three and a half some places, and I think they'll cover that spread. So I'm looking at Rams by a touchdown. And I'm looking at McLaren's in or Twitter account because I want to see what the new car looks like. <laughs> because they got the new colors on there. Ooh, I hope it's orange. It will be orange. It That's will be company orange. colors. I'm also just a big fan of McLaren cars. Like whenever oh. I see one on the street, I go, ooh. Sexy. The weekend has the best McLaren I've seen. Does he have the Senna? I don't know the which one it is. $1.5 million. So they have a McLaren called the Senna, which is after Art and Senna, who's the racer. 
Uh, if that if the weekends McLaren is the same one, the weekend. is that the uh, the CX nine? <laughs> you can't just make up letter. Oh, he's got a P1. That's a Mazda. Oh yes, isn't it awesome? It's stunning. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he's got the right color on it. That that dark yeah. red. Oh, oh yeah. Here, let me put it on the screen. Okay. So you see why I love these cars? They're stunning. They're, everything's cool about them. Everything about these cars is cool. Oh, that's the one for Starboy. Okay. Yeah. It looks like a toy. Like it that's is. that's the whole thing, right? This one million dollar car just looks like a thing when you're five years old and you're playing a little diecast car, and now it's real, and you're sitting there, and you're driving your car that goes really fast. It's a lot of fun. That's my um, that's my dream actually, <laughs> is to uh, get a McLaren. Yeah, that's my dream. I know you don't care about cars, but that's my, my drive one. it with the weekend. I would love to have a McLaren. Yeah, you should race the weekend. Be like, I'm gonna go to the weekend's house. We're gonna sit in Toronto traffic and race. Can't wait. It'll be super. Um, now, I, I do want to start the show with this because we talked a lot about, uh, we've got Montreal coming up. Don't worry. We'll discuss the head coaching change in Montreal. Oh, yeah. That but we happened. discussed at length. Yeah. Before we do that, oh. uh, last thing. Oh, yes. We got, go. one, we got one note. Um, Steve, ask me if you want to buy a Dangle Navy jersey, right? Mm-hmm. They, they came out last night on the mailing list. Mm-hmm. Ask me if you you can get one. Yeah, can I get a Dangle Navy jersey? No! Thank you, everyone. They sold out. Um, <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> so <laughs> I put out the email list last night. Uh, the blast to everybody that Dangle Navy jersey is now available. And then I was going to come on the show and plug in and be like, and hey, they're gone. the mailing list got it first and you can get a couple left. But no, there's none left. Poof. Um, we have limited quantity because they are custom made when you buy a dangle navy jersey when you go on the website and you you get your jersey you put in your own name and your own number and then we get them hand stitched um it's like a uh, a guy in kitchener uh jersey shop in kitchener they do a fantastic job and we get them over to you takes about seven weeks but like you missed out if you didn't get one i'm sorry if you're expecting it to be amazon overnighted to you by the way (laughs) there's a few people that have been like excuse me it's taken a long time to get my garments and i understand that but it's like we're a small business and we have to tap on other small businesses to get yeah. our clothes. We out, pre-order so these jerseys. We get them hand stitched. We we box them ourselves and our we have custom packaging now. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then we ship them out to you. But yeah, just thank you to everyone who purchased one uh, overnight, I guess, because they're all gone. Hey, okay. You don't <laughs> have to say the number out loud. Is that the number? Uh, no. Is it bigger or smaller than that number? It's three times that. The amount of jerseys. Yeah. Wow! I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to do an event and see people show up in them. That's the whole point. Right. Uh, well, I don't know. I got to check well, the addresses, but I, hopefully a lot in the Toronto area. Yeah. No, yeah. no. <laughs> I hope we sold a lot wherever they moved the draft. Because the, the first round of jerseys, I think there was only like a handful in the GTA. Like a lot of our shipping went out to uh, the, the U.S. majority and then a whole bunch uh, to Europe and then like two to Australia. It, that took a while, but that many? Yeah, bigger? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Oh my god! <laughs> Anyways, okay. Wow. Good times. Thank you. I just wanted to note that off the top of the show. We'll have a third edition. I don't know, maybe in the summertime. We'll see. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I like that. I'm into yeah. it now. No. Um, Custom Dangle Navy ripped sleeves jersey for the summer. Guns out. It's what we're doing. Is that what we're gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a machine gun Kelly look or something. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's also, see. I'm gonna grow five inches 
Yeah, it works and for dye him. my hair blonde. If you're the one percent of the one percent who are Jesse Tall, yeah, <laughs> then that look works for you. Um, I okay. So I want to I want to play this clip <laughs> from Agent Provocateur, which by the way, it's a three podcast day. AP, mm-hmm. Steve Dangle podcast, and CJ show coming out today. It's not regular that a Friday is a three podcast day, but hey, here we are. I'm now, extremely jacked for CJ show. Oh uh, yeah, heavy heavy news. There's some stuff. Now I want to talk to you about. I, I had to. I asked Alan like before the show yesterday. I'm like, is it possible to talk about the Coyotes thing? And he's like, Oh yeah, no problem. And I was shocked by what he said. Interesting. He said life support. Yes. No, no, but like he's associated with the league. You know what I mean? Alan. Al, yeah. I mean, he works in the league with the players and the teams. Yeah. And he said it. You never hear somebody that. But he said, listen, there's a, there's a big problem here. We're going to go to minute four, but it's the first thing we talk about off the top of the show in Agent Provocateur. Uh, have a listen to what Alan has to say. We'll just sit back for a minute. It's interesting. What I want to know is, how do you go into ASU without a firm deal to build the rink in Tempe? Right? So mm. otherwise, otherwise... You're moving the team into a, a, a new location, which by all accounts have to be temporary. Mm-hmm. And if the Tempe deal falls through and there's no guarantees at all that that deal is actually going to happen and come to fruition, mm-hmm. um, then what? I, I think that um, right now, the reality of the situation is uh, the, the Coyotes in Phoenix are on life support. We're at the end of the road. Um, this is the final option, putting them into ASU on a temporary, you know, three to four year basis. If the Tempe deal doesn't work, I think ultimately the NHL has to look at other locations, other cities to move the team. All right. We'll stop it there. So our first show of this show ever, I asked you in 2013, how are the Coyotes still in Phoenix or Arizona? Here we are, it's tw- we're nine years later, 2022, and you're hearing that. Do we believe that it is finally the end? Maybe. And I'm not saying this because I want to take the team away from the fans. And I say this on the episode, if you're a fan of the Coyotes, you are the best kind of fan in the world because they've made it awfully hard on you. Oh, yeah. Which building do you show up to? Like, Gary Bettman will keep something alive out of spite. And he's doing it. Um, I don't understand the business sense. I don't understand who on earth is going to sign there. Cause remember, they're going to have like a hell trip to start next season. And then when, sorry to explain that ASU will not be renovated to NHL standards in time for the beginning of next season. So they're going to have to go on the road until like, I don't know. December is um, what we're hearing right now. Yeah, like American Thanksgiving beginning in December, something like that. I think American Thanksgiving would be optimistic. Who on God's green earth is going to sign there? And on the way here, I was listening to 32 Thoughts. Uh, Jeff Merrick brought up the point. There's revenue sharing in the NHL. They should be disqualified. Well, Alan actually gets into that, into the details on that. And he talks about, so first off, so here's where Gary's got himself hemmed in. And I don't want to give away too much because it's really, really interesting to hear Alan talk about it. But he's got himself hemmed in on both sides. Because on one side, he's got the players who are like, okay, what the fuck? We're putting all this money into escrow. 
and you've got a 30-second team here that objectively cannot make money, is going to lose money, and is going to lose more money probably than they ever have before, and there's no possible way, even if they go to the Stanley Cup final, that they can make it back. That's not fair. That's not in keeping with the agreement. Then you got the owners. Now imagine you're you're Jeremy Jacobs, you're Larry Tannenbaum, you're James Dolan, so New York, Boston, Toronto, you're Philadelphia's ownership. You are, um, I mean, God, the Edmonton Oilers any ownership, of any of the Cal- or California teams. You are the have teams. There's the have teams and the have not teams. The have teams support the have not teams. If I'm at the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm going, I don't give a shit about this deal that we used to have in place for revenue share. If you want a team that's going to play in front of 3,200 people maximum every single night with no boxes, no corporate sponsors, and no deal and potentially do that for three and a half, four more years? Because the Tempe deal's not done and they haven't broken ground and it's going to take three and a half to four years to do it. Also, they have, uh, I think, six luxury suites. Six luxury suites. Oh, okay. I can't believe it's that many. There you go. Hey, I'm glad you know that. Look at this. If I'm an owner, I'm like, I'm not participating in that. I'm not putting that team on life support. Why would I support that? What does that do for me? Well, and... And, the, and by the way, the ESPN and TNT deals are not contingent on the Coyotes being in Arizona. So oh. the whole thing about the TV rights deals, which used to be the case, which is why they kept them there, yeah. is no longer a factor. So what are they doing? And like, you know, more and more players are coming out of Arizona. Austin Matthews, most notably. Another Leaf prospect, Matthew Nyes, who's at the Olympics representing the United States right now. It's not that hockey does, what, the, don't, doesn't Tucson pull 10,000 people a night? They do well. So here's the thing, you know, it's what not ten thousand or the ten thousand? They, they do well. Okay, I, I, I don't okay. know. All right, but they, they do well. Um, you know, it, what what about the fans in Arizona, and what about the development? Don't lose sight of whose fault this is. If there are fans, but they cannot get to the games, whose fault is that? Mm-hmm. The National Hockey League. It's their fault, and they're trying and trying and trying to make up for it and they can't make it work i i saw some chirps from atlanta fans like atlanta based hockey fans they let hockey fail there twice yeah and arizona man i I don't know what we're doing here who knows this could be a a fantastic story from from a from a business standpoint have the coyotes not lost all leverage with their plan to move to tempe yeah, because they just moved. They so now moved. Te- Tempe, Tempe City Council's got you over a barrel now. What are you supposed to do? What do you... Yeah, if the... Alan's talking about if the deal falls through. Well, okay, what if the deal goes through and it's a terrible deal? Because you put yourself in a position where you have zero leverage at all. You've already committed to moving without having a an, an NHL building committed to? Like the Islanders in Brooklyn. Remember they had to pay X amount of dollars up front and then it was a it was just a disaster and there was a, granted it's different. But mm-hmm. but that was a bad arena deal. Imagine that but worse. And that's what they're setting themselves up for. Why if you're Tempe Tempe City Council, why would you give them any tax breaks at all? Just say, "Do you want an arena or do you not want an arena?" This is it, I mean, it's a fascinating Story. I'm going to watch the Coyotes with so much intrigue. Oh, yeah. Uh, next year because I don't know. I want to see what it's like. By to... the way, Roadrunners, uh, 3,500 tonight. My bad. But oh, they have 10,000 fans. Yeah, yeah. But that's Are, still better than the Coyotes. Is the Fine. league not embarrassed by the situation? 
Like, do they not see what the situation is and that they're going to have uh, an NHL team, a professional sports team playing in front of 3,200 fans? And do you not just see that on paper and say, no, I wouldn't do this because that is embarrassing to me and to the league and to the sport of hockey and to this professional hockey team and the players on the ice? Could you imagine if they go to the playoffs and we're watching a playoff game in this dinky arena? That's ridiculous. I think it could be... It's it's a spectacle because it's so ridiculous. Yeah, right. It's that's not the way your professional sports league should be run. I'm looking at it like I would watch that. Yeah. Um, Pixar movie. I would absolutely watch that <laughs> Pixar movie. I believe a lot of people have already watched that show, and it's called Ted Lasso. Are the Coyotes Mystery <laughs> Alaska? Oh my right. God! Yeah. Well, they're gonna have to sign Russell Crowe because who the hell else is gonna sign there? I'm gonna be watching Game One, home Game One of the Arizona Coyotes next year. Like that's must see television. I want to see for it. all oh, of yeah. the wrong reasons. Yeah. That's embarrassing, and the, the NHL should be embarrassed. I also want to throw this at you, man. It it feels to me like you know when those you know when you've got a band that's huge, and then all of a sudden they're past no. their prime, and then they're not huge anymore, and then they got to play. They go, they, oh. they go down to stadium or they go from mm. stadiums to like outdoor venues and then outdoor venues to like, well, we got to play the small club. Now they're on the little line on the Coachella yes! poster. Yeah. They're no longer like, the big Those guys pot. had three number one hits. What are they doing in the <laughs> tiny little riding on Coachella? Oh, they're going to yeah. play the fourth stage. That's great. On Friday. Yeah. At noon. Now, <laughs> honestly, the, the good side of this to me is that this could create one of the coolest environments to see a NHL game you've ever seen. That's bad. It's the most... Listen, it's bad. But I'm also <laughs> saying, like... I, I mean, there's not a bad seat in the house when there's only 3,200 of them. So that's good. Yeah. And, and and Alan mentioned this, too. Glendale's in the middle of nowhere, right? Compared to where where most people in Scottsdale were going to the game. Yeah, I'll take so he said, for it. He said, you're 45 minutes in traffic to the game and 45 minutes home. There and abouts. He's like, if you got a couple kids, you can't do that. Hmm. It's impossible on a weeknight. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. So... Um, in that regard, that could be good as well. Maybe they move in Arizona State University. A lot of the kids on campus get excited, go to the games, get into it the way they get into uh, NCAA, and they create this passionate fan base from this next generation here that follows them through. I mean, there are positives that can come from this, yes. but the reality is right now, right now, it's embarrassing. And number two, they're not going to make any money. And they're going to have to solve this with the league and the players. But the I, I, they're going to have to renegotiate parts of the CBA because of this. I need I need an explanation for why this is good. I, I need one because I... So the Coyotes announced it and they make a big deal of it. Because, I mean, uh, you're still trying to sell a product. So, hey, isn't this great? Three-year deal. It's how they have to present it. And I'm seeing all of these comments from fans of the team like, oh, big dub, big W, Canadians crying and coping. Mm. I saw. And I was like, are you all from Shelbyville drinking turnip juice? I think it's they they have a little bit of us against the world, which I get. Again, we don't hate. It's not hating Coyotes fans. It's just the, they've they've mismanaged this team for 20 years. I don't I don't understand why having a. To be in a position where being in a 3,200-seat building is a victory for you is a failure. 
It's a small victory born from an enormous cataclysmic failure. I don't understand it. We don't focus enough on the fact that the Arizona Coyotes currently, this season, play in an NHL-caliber arena and are being evicted because they couldn't write paychecks to the Now, arena. Jesse, the lease like, is expiring. We don't, we now, don't talk Jesse, about how they're not being evicted. Their lease is just expiring. They are in an arena where they can play and continue to play. And if they had just made their payments, they could have stayed there. Did you notice with ASU, they had to pay all their money up front? Oh, I'm <laughs> yes. sorry. Is that what you were looking up? As part yes. of the, This is from Elliot Friedman. There as part is. of the sorry. deal with no. Arizona State, the Coyotes agreed to pay rent and construction costs up front. What I'd like to know is, is that typical? No, I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> no, so if, either. If it was typical, then the Coyotes wouldn't have had a problem paying their, their their other bills. Steve, we're asking you to pay for your house up front. Uh, I can't <laughs> do that. Well, we don't trust you. So either you pay it up front or you don't get the house. But why don't you trust me? Why are you holding <laughs> my longstanding record of being a shady grifter against me? <laughs> I don't like, know. I don't. Dude, I, honestly, I this is, sort of reminds me of like the uh, uh, the bad credit, no credit. You're approved. So good. And they come on down to this used car. Get the car of your dreams. Get your credit back on track. This is how this feels. Look at you. You're wasting your summer. You're on the couch. You're not watching. <laughs> you're watching TV. Who is that guy? That's the guy from who used to run during the Maury show. And that was for something college. It was like an online college or something like that. Know, I'd just be watching TV as a kid and you'd be accosting me yeah. like, I'm 13. <laughs> I'm not going and getting a job. I'm 13. Why don't you make the call that's going to help you in your future? Because my what parents are... won't let me use the phone. <laughs> because my mom's using the internet and it's 2001 and that'll kick her off if that's I right. pick up the phone. The Coyotes have an arena. They are in it and they're being kicked out of it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, listen, I wish them the best of luck. I hope this is an amazing story. I I, you know, And it could be. Couldn't it? It could be. It could be. I mean, listen, if they're determined to throw money at the problem until it fixes itself, it... it might work. Now here's but it's going to take four years. Here's the question I would have. We talk a little bit about this with Alan as well. Coyotes are gonna gonna lose money. Mm -hmm. If you'd simply move the team to Quebec City, which I in the past have said they're not going to make any money there. If they're able to hit neutral in Quebec City, and if you're an owner, you don't really care about the profits. You care about the equity route value, right? Houston, you don't you, you don't care about or... making money off your house. You you care about the house being worth more money. The house will be worth more money the second it hits Quebec City. And on top of that, you're going to fill that building every night. You're going to have corporate sponsorships. Quebec Corps would be the owner. They don't care about burning money if they've got a hockey team. I don't get it, man. I don't get it either. Yeah. Anyway. Also, they better pray that uh, Tempe City Council approves that arena. Because... <laughs> That's that's the, what what's next uh, after if they say no what's next I think we're gonna see the draft lottery and very mysteriously doink approved and they're gonna get the first pick no nah, get your tinfoil hats on kids Montreal Montreal doesn't get the first pick in Montreal Montreal better get it no. if anything's gonna be rigged it's gonna be rigged for this I think 2015 was the death of the rigging of uh, <laughs> the uh, the draft lottery Edmonton. Oh, Gary Bettman cried deep, bitter tears that night. Like, <laughs> deep, bitter tears. And it's 2022, and you can see why. <laughs> he might have been right on that one. Oh, he was a 1,000% right on yeah. that one. Not Kate's shit. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, I want to talk about the Montreal Canadiens. So right after we were finished recording, we, talk, we talked at length about a potential coaching change in Montreal. Jesse, uh, there were so many crab people out supporting Jesse and being like, you know what, Jesse's right. Keep fucking losing, losers. And then get those oh picks. God. There's so many people on the other side who are like, I'm advocating for throwing uh, for throwing games. Like, that's not what I was saying. I'm saying it's in your best interest to get Shane Wright. The quickest way to turn around this franchise is with Shane Wright. And the only way to get that is to have the most ping pong balls. And the only way to get the most ping pong balls is to lose. So you don't want to actively try and win if you're the general manager. If you're the players, you're going out and winning, obviously. Of, of course. Obviously. The players are trying to win. But if you're the general manager, you don't go make deals to try and you don't go get McDavid to try and no. win games with the Canadians. No, but I've, That's all I've I been saying I've been seeing, uh, you know, it changes quickly, right? Like with the Oilers, oh, we're not going to fire him. And then they fired him. But, you know, I was a crazy man for suggesting I think maybe the Habs should play with some damn pride. And now all of a sudden I'm seeing tweets, uh, people feeling bad for Caden Primo. Like, they literally need a goalie who's not him. They do. Any goalie who's not him. They need they need their Arendelle. Yeah, like... Like, Buffalo's Arendelle. Feed, they need their Arendelle. If you're going to feed someone to the Wolves, don't let it be a prospect who you're kind of hoping pans out. That's fair. You know? Yeah. That is fair. Like, and Dell was available. Um, I mean, there are, there are guys. There are guys available. Listen, if you want a goalie who's going to help you lose games, there are goalies out there. And they haven't gone out and got him. So, so the reason I um I bring this up is because immediately uh, following the recording, Dom Ducharme was let go. And the Jeff. first person I found that Jeff Jeff Ducharme Jeff. was also let go. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> Man, we're really good at that. Uh, we are really really good. The, the the timing was impeccable, but I do think it was important that we had the conversation anyway because I was saying, listen, you got to move on from this. And you know what's been applied. fucking real interesting? What? So many people in the playoffs last year, I, I heard from so many Habs fans, like, you don't know shit about the Habs. Fine. Okay, cool. You're a Leafs homer. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> don't definitely. worry. You don't know shit about anything. Um, and, you, you, and Ducharme is an unbelievable coach. When they sign with that, that one, he makes $1.7 million this year, next year, and the year after that. He is one of the worst NHL coaches I've ever seen. But, but, other side of it is people are like, oh, Adam Wilde must be celebrating somewhere right now because I, I, I've, been, I've been saying it. Despite Dom Ducharme's best, best uh, tries, 
the Montreal Canadiens still somehow made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Imagine what they would have done with a real coach. And but the, but the problem is, <laughs> no, and I wasn't wrong. Like in the in the how, regular season, how long is they went 15, 16, on? and one. Like the, today's? No, the entirety of this podcast, uh, the SDP. May 2013. Yeah. Since 2013, this might be the thing you are most right about. Oh, maybe. But yeah. the, okay, so but but it, the, it, the numbers were there. He was 15, 16, and one after taking over for Claude Julien. Right. He the team. They're also paying the mm -hmm. 18th place team. Makes it because they're in the North Division. Okay. Yeah. Then, uh, unfortunate, unfor two unfortunate things. First off, Tavares gets hit. Second thing, uh, the Leafs are you know they're they are going to be the Leafs, and and on and on and on and on and they ride Carey Price like a pony right till the right to the Stanley Cup Finals. They and 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 listen, I understand there's been COVID. I understand there's been injuries and that sort of thing. But it was written in the stars. You could see it in the way that they were deployed. And when you saw Luke Richardson, when Ducharme went into uh, COVID protocol and Richardson um, came in, the Montreal Canadiens looked way better in the playoffs. It was crazy. Uh, now, now, let me just say this one thing. This is a person. He's a, from everything I've heard. He's a nice, respectful person. So I'm not celebrating somebody losing their job. It's not an assassination of his character, man. But, but objectively. You gotta start How every can... conversation from the fucking beginning. Yeah, you do. Like, it's yeah, okay. So like, brutal. But I that just want to. I just want like, people to know that, like, like I'm not excited that a man lost his job. Right. I was saying for the longest time, I don't know. He shouldn't have been put in that position. That was Bergevin being lazy, and look at the mess he's left behind. So, everything I'm about to say is true. In the last 16 months, Mark Bergevin GM'd a team to the Stanley Cup final, yeah. fired a coach. Fired another coach, left his team on the hook for over six and a half million dollars in coaches who don't coach for them. Uh, lost Philip Deneau. Yep. Knew Shea Weber wasn't going to play. Hasn't replaced him. Price, uh, I'm shaky on that one. I don't know what to do with that one. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and he hot potatoed the last place team into the lap of uh, the city and ownership. He ha he's he left them in a terrible terrible state. He did. That's fair to say. It's fair to say he built a team um that went all the way to the Stanley Cup final, generated memories for a fan base that will last a lifetime. Which is amazing. It's amazing. I don't want to take that away. But this is how he left them. Like there there are GMs who get fired. Who don't leave them like this. No, exactly. Also, was he fired? Or did he quit? I can't remember. I, I can't even remember. I think he was. I think, I it think was he was like, I think it was a little of both, right? It was almost like a mutual parting of ways. Yeah. There was something, there was something not decidedly not you're fired about it. Well, I think it was a part of ways. There yeah. were rumors for months. He was going to LA and then he went. And then he went. Look at them. Ew. <laughs> this is this is brutal. This is terrible. I will I will say, Martin St. Louis goes behind the bench. They lose. It was respectful. Yeah. Well, I'll. I'll it, was, it was at least respectable. We'll, we'll talk about his press conference. There's one clip specifically that's making the rounds that I definitely want to hit with Marty. Sure. I just wanted to say, I don't. I didn't think like, and I know Ducharme was an assistant coach for for like six years there before he was the the, the coach. I don't, it's not a, it's not like you get pumped when someone loses their job. 
right? Unless they really truly deserve it and they're they're evil people, then you're like, okay, cool. Um, but you could not have looked at that team and go, that's the that's the best deployment of the Montreal Canadiens ever. And you saw it this season. They went. It was almost like a house of cards. Now you had two major pieces leave, mm-hmm. Weber and Price. Yeah. Tough to replace that, but isn't that the GM's job? And I don't put this at Dom Ducharme's feet. He was out of his depth, and he got a great goaltending performance, and he got the last vestiges of Shea Weber's career, and then he got a sweet extension out of it. Good for him. You know, you know what we got last night? Because I've had many conversations with Berkshire. I, uh, I, I don't know how he's doing game over. Because I was trying to talk to him about what I did during like the horror check year and the year that the Leafs were obviously trying to finish last. Yep, yep. You, okay, they lose 4-2, but who scored the two goals? Were they under the age of 24? <laughs> victory. That's a yeah, win. Used, that's how we used to talk about it here. It's what we call a moral victory. There was the two young guys scored a goal. The goalie made uh, three spectacular saves, and there was a fight. What Where might, you could argue the guy won. Would would Daniel Winnick get us another two second rounds at the at the uh, at the trade deadline? You, you talk about who's going out the door. You talk about the kids taking steps. Yep, etc. 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 The Habs don't have that. They got that with Sherratt. There are guys with term who could go. Um, but like Cole Caulfield's been a disaster. Yeah, it's been an abject failure of the team uh, in terms of development. Then they bring in Martin St. Louis, who's like handcrafted to make Cole Caulfield succeed. Scores in the first game. Confidence. I, minutes on the power play. Yeah. I worry well, that St. Louis has never coached anything before. Well, and, and that, yeah. that's the pro- that was the problem with uh, Ducharme. Ducharme's uh, claim to... Well, at least Ducharme did the... Uh, he was the QM. Montreal Canadiens. Uh, assistant coach too yes. for a long time and then he coached for a long time in the QM uh, JHL and like his claim to fame is the that Halifax Mooseheads team that went 58 and 6 and Isn't won the, the Memorial Na- Cup was that the Nathan McKinnon that was Druin team? that was Druin McKinnon Zach Fucali year stupid it was just ridiculous and he coached that team and like there's a there's a track record there with Ducharme but like no NHL experience and then you bring in St. Louis who also zero NHL experience zero minor league experience like I'm at a- least Ducharme had something i want to play the two say i want to play the st louis clip but i've got i'm of two minds on st louis sure mm-hmm. number one marty st louis hiring is everything we're asking the nhl not to do <laughs> hey this guy's got a good relationship with the gm and uh president let's hire him mm-hmm. does he have an experience ah fuck his experience now did he play yes would he know how to coach probably i think the fact he played is relevant oh uh, it is relevant but yes. how relevant was it for wayne gretzky when he coached the coyotes Re- exactly so yeah. and people forget about that the other side of this is and i i'm going to reference another former player who became a coach and a great coach a much better coach than he was a player and that's pat quinn sorry vancouver but he's toronto's i know he's yours i'm not but i love pat quinn it makes us better and Pleasure. what they used to say about pat quinn was at least when he had a veteran team, because Pat Quinn was, did not like young players, did not trust young players. Sorry, Lonnie Bohannis. Uh, your career was cut short forever well, by playing here. Him and the vast majority of coaches ever. Yeah, none of them like, <laughs> none of them like young players. Um, but Pat Quinn's thing, Pat Quinn wasn't going to teach you anything. He's going to have you play somewhat of a system. Like, they at least had a system, whatever. 
But Pat Quinn's thing was getting people who already knew how to play hockey more motivated than the next guy to play hockey. Mm -hmm. That was what Pat was great at. When you talk to, you hear Ty Domi, Darcy Tucker, Gary Roberts, Matt Sundin, any of them, any of them talk about uh, Pat Quinn as a coach. And I think Vancouver's probably the same. They were motivated. They loved Pat and they would die for Pat. Look at what Rod Brindamore has done in Carolina. Right? Now, Rod Brindamore put in his time. That's the, that's the part where I'm like, wasn't Rod Brindamore an assistant coach for like eight years? I, uh, it was a while. Sure. It was a while. I could, I could look that up. Oh, so, so this is where I'm, I'm of two minds on it. I'm happy for Marty St. Louis. I'm happy for Habs fans. Fuck, man. No Marty St. Louis team is going to not give a shit. That's for sure with his fucking gaze, which is the crazy. He's got the David Clarkson eyes, right? He's just. Brindamore was an assistant from 2011 through 2018. And then in 2018, he got the promotion to head coach. Yeah, he did his time. So I'm just, but okay, but here's the thing. There's plenty of people who have done their time who didn't get a sniff. Mm -hmm. This guy played for the, the president in New York. They didn't bring in a coach to coach. They brought in a motivator, like you're saying. Like yeah. St. Louis is in there to just rile the guys up and get them to finish out this season. Like I don't expect him to go in there and teach them anything they don't know. He's also like on a trial. Yeah. Like hopefully. You know, he's maybe you think the assistant coaches could carry some of the other burdens. It's yeah. not like listen, he oh, went to, have to he went to practice for thirty five years as a player. Yeah. I'm sure he knows how to run a drill. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Now, I, I did send you a clip, Jesse. Are you able to play it? Because I thought sure. this is really, really interesting. And all Habs fans this morning are sharing it. Yeah, you've only, uh, you've only teased this clip a thousand times. So I know, keep I'm sorry. you off at different points. No, no, it's me cutting myself off, man. I'm, I'm you Shut know, up. It's, it's relevant before you play the clip that Habs fans keep sharing this and seem to be excited about this. It's the first thing I've seen them excited about in months. So already St. Louis has had an impact. All right, you ready for this clip that we've been teasing for 40 minutes? <laughs> you know what, another... Um, now, there is structure inside concepts. You know, systems, you can say structure. When systems, you box players in into only certain things they can do. And, and, and I, that was probably one of the things that I hated the most as a player, mm. is play in a system. Where I, I was a great player when I was allowed to make reads because the best players make the best reads. But if you take the reads out of the equation, those best players become average. So I want to make sure that I allow my best players to make reads. And I rather them make a bad one than not making a read at all. And sometimes in systems, there's not much reads. Uh, playing with a little so, more instinct. I like that. Uh, with ideas. And as a great player, making reads is a thing. But systems are in place to make the not as great players play within it, right? They have someone in there who thinks the way a high-end player thinks. Yeah, they do. And, you know, the conversation around the Montreal Canadiens before the season began was look at all these young guys. Like, there's a reason to get excited about this team. And they've all, as, as a Leaf fan who followed the Montreal Canadiens playoff run beyond the Leafs-Hab series, I cannot believe Cole Caulfield. I cannot believe it. Because he, uh, he was another... He was like, his, the soul has left his body. He year. was an axe-wielding murderer in the playoffs. A, an absolute banshee out there. The stuff he did to the, the Leafs. And the, listen, he had his moments, and there were moments where I was like, ah, it's, you know, he's got talent, but he's just a kid. 
by the time the Vegas series rolled around. I mean, that's a team built around defense that had no answer for him. No answer for this guy who had five, ten games of NHL experience ten. before the playoffs began. Ten total. And five points in those ten. And last night he scored what? Goal number two? Or like his first power play goal? Something like that? Yeah, it was his first power play goal. Because, lo and behold, they put a score on the power play. They could lose every game 3-2 for the rest of the season. But if Caulfield gets going... Suzuki. No, that's his second Suzuki. goal of the season. And it's his in first how many power games? play. In 31 games. But this I, don't, I don't believe... It. How many did he have in 10 games? Four. Four. Four! Yeah. But remember, Ducharme wouldn't dress him for the first couple games against the Leafs and then had to? And he tore the Leafs apart? In the playoffs, Like, yeah. tore us apart. He did so dangerous. Like... He this is why you, that should have told you right there that Ducharme was not the right guy. And Cockney, I mean, too. Yeah, man. Caulfield would have been great on Team USA. I, was, I didn't know he's from Wisconsin. He would have been awesome. You know, uh, <laughs> on the topic of Bergevin, mm -hmm. okay, we're losing Cockney, but I'm going to turn around and take that to get Dvorak because we're good. Holy shit. You talk about another really, really poor read. Bad they mentioned, uh, they, Elliot mentioned in 32 Thoughts that Dvorak is on the block and some teams are asking. Oof. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, at, at a certain point, you know, certain teams, they galaxy brain players. Hmm. Like, you know, they're, I mean, listen, sometimes you can't have a rehab project that works. Like, Galch with the Leafs last year. Going into, except for the terrible giveaway. Right. He I was, was about a, to say, we're talking about this series and you're going to say it worked? He was a know. serviceable player. Yes, absolutely. And he couldn't find a job before that, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and but I, don't, I just don't see it with Dvorak. Well, you don't see it with anybody. This is, like last show, I, I was talking it, about I, I, how, how are the Habs going to ask for anything for anyone at the trade deadline? <laughs> like, how do you yeah. evaluate... Like, oh, this guy looks like the best player on the biggest piece of shit in the league. Like, it's who who on most nights could you say look good? You know what I mean? But I think now, if you're having players play creatively, because, I mean, playing in a system obviously didn't work, um, we could at least see, we could give fans moments. We could give fans something to hold on to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They, you can't just hope for the first overall pick that's the the 15 Why 16 not? season for the Leafs that's not what it was all about it wasn't just hoping for that pick we were paying attention to all the prospects the young guys the Marlies uh did really well in the playoffs yeah, that yeah. year and we they were paying players in there. Yeah, I, I seem to remember somebody had a great little army called tank Yes, Thanks, but it wasn't the sole. What was the, what was the driving force of that season? Was it Nick not a tank? <laughs> a tank driving a fan base towards no, uh, a that, high draft pick. That was fourteen fifteen. Okay, de definitely big difference. That was it, dude. The ethos wasn't the same at all. <laughs> you gotta have something outside mm -hmm. of the first pick. They had nothing. Mm -hmm. That what prior to last night did they have to hold on to? Who, the Montreal Canadiens? Yes. I mean, not much. Yeah. I mean, they had, they the had Suzuki and gone. Caulfield. Yeah, the season was yeah. toast. Yeah. But like, no, but like, who, what do you like mean? any of the young guys performing well? You excited about Caden Primo? Cole no, Caulfield? How, how are you supposed to get excited about anything? You're losing. Right. If, if, you're, if you're performing well, then you're not losing. Is this on? The young guys got to perform. The, the young guys got to show <laughs> strides and improvements, and okay. they haven't. Okay. 
prior to last night. But we we're also <laughs> we're also acting like uh, there aren't like three other teams in and around the Canadians. Like, are you, why aren't you having this conversation about the Coyotes? Well, because, because you're not pay, paying as close attention to them. No, because the Coyotes don't have that. Like, no, here's they're the thing: shambolic. Montreal <laughs> they're, should not have been this bad. I think that's the point. They've got they yes. do have good young sure. players. Suzuki, Caulfield are two of them. Romanov's another one. Caden Primo's another one we're waiting on, right? Well, so the Coyotes do have something to hold on to. They have the world supply of picks and mm. like one of the best feel good stories in the league when it comes to goalies. By the way, apologies to Subwoofer guy. This is going to be a tough day for you. Why? Well, because I spanked the microphone. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. I, uh, my, my, my for just uh, on Dvorak, it's a Western Conference team. Teams that are interested. Oh, clarify. We're that. in that season now, where we got to guess. Oh, great! You narrowed it down to half the league. Ooh. <laughs> Why are you married to a time zone? So I'm. I'm. Listen, I'm excited for Montreal fans. I'm excited <laughs> for the Canadians because I want to be excited for the Canadians. I'm a Leaf fan. I know that. But it's fun to see young players tear it up. And it's been depressing to watch what's happened in Montreal. And the reason we're not talking about the Coyotes in the same way or other teams in the, or the Sabres in the same way is because those two uh, organizations specifically, if there was relegation, they would have been gone long ago. Um, uh, and, uh, and I think with the Canadians, the history, they just made the Stanley Cup final, the fact that every player on that team was playing 20 to 30% worse than they're capable of. I mean, maybe they paid, played 5 or 10% more, like better than they were, you know, in the playoffs. This is like, this is an enormous swing. And I'm excited to see what happens. I'm not convinced on Marty St. Louis. I'm not convinced. But if he makes them feel better, they're going to play better. He's had a good start. Be less shocked. They had a whole summer of making moves that were all questionable. They lost their top, three of their top performers in Price, Weber, Deneau. Um, It's... It's a terrible season, but we should have also seen a bit of this coming with the way Bergevin was uh, making moves with this team. Right. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Now, um, let's talk about the Leaf game last night. We got Cal we got Calgary, we got Toronto. Um, Calgary wins, and they, uh, to quote Steve's tweets, they got the Leafs got squished. Um, now, there, this is created, and I think there is there is a divide within Toronto Maple Leaf fans right now. No, we're united. Uh, specifically, specifically, <laughs> stop it. Specifically no, on. Specifically with Toronto Maple Leafs fans, there are the group of people who, in the broader context, in the five-year context, are looking at this team. And then there are the people that in the are going, those other years don't matter. This is a new year. This team's really fucking good. And it seems, Steve, 
like there's a bit of a divide with the fans that are watching your show or watching LFR because the fans that are watching it in the full five year, six year context, whatever you want to put it, are going, Steve, I see what you're saying. We saw all these same problems before. They didn't address them Mm -hmm. and they lost in the first round. And then we see people who are, um, are, are not of that opinion saying, hey, listen, that is all in the past. It's a new team. You have said it yourself. It's the best forward group you've ever seen with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think so. I, I, for me, it is. Without By question. every number and the one that matters most wins. This is the best team in the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs franchise. regular season. Best regular season. So team. I'm curious why you, Steve, were upset about last night. So we talked about um, the Carolina Hurricanes game as being a playoff-style game. Mm-hmm. Tight game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, tight doesn't mean playoff style. Tight means tight. It was competitive, which is good. Mm-hmm. But we knew the Leafs could skate with the best teams in the league. They can fire the puck with the best teams in the league. They, um, I really like the compete of Peter, uh, Peter Mrazek mm-hmm. going up against Freddie Anderson, who's been uh, unbeatable. Um, but there was a moment in the Calgary game in the first period where I was like, Oh, okay. This is going to go bad. And I don't even know if it was one, nothing yet, but it didn't fall apart till midway through the second. What was it that, that triggered that it was. So I'm like, okay, the flames are playing real ornery right now. And when Backland nailed Nylander, which was a penalty by the way. Yeah. Um, I saw it going south because you saw the flavor of the game. And I was reminded, you know, I know every season's a new season, but people will go back to their habits. And Daryl Sutter's team, the Calgary Flames, is going back to Daryl Sutter habits. After, you know, the schedule's weird. So, you know, pick a date. But after roughly the all-star break, playtime's over. It's over. What he did with the, what was it, the 03 or the 04 Flames, the ones that went to the Stanley Cup final, for the rest of the season, we do not lose four out of the next seven games. For the rest of the season, we win at least four out of the next seven games. Playoff-style hockey. That team was not that talented. I don't even know if they were in the top half. Um, for teams that were in the playoffs. Tough SOBs. Now, that's 2004. Okay, well, you know, Jeff Carter. Oh, man, he turned the tide of the LA Kings in 2012. Well, yeah, but if you go look at his totals, his underlying numbers were stellar. I remember writing about that. But if you go look at his point totals, he, he wasn't a mutant. He helped make a team that was in the middle of hitting their stride better because playtime is over. I'm Daryl Sutter. We looked at the Flames moves this summer and a lot of people didn't like them and I wasn't crazy about them, but I'm like, this is a Daryl Sutter-ass team. Blake Coleman. And within the first 10, 12 minutes of that game, I'm like, oh, we're getting a Daryl Sutter game. Those Kings teams that won back-to-back cups were heavy. And exhausting. Grinding. Grinding. And, like, not particularly dirty, necessarily. Just 
wave after wave after wave. And all I could think was not three periods of this. It's four to seven games of this. And the Leafs couldn't handle three periods of it. Now, guys, they were down to 10 forwards. Well, when the night began, they were down to 11. Also, management's choice. Yeah. They didn't have to. It was for a cap uh, situation. Yeah, I know yeah. Wayne, Wayne Simmons had a baby. Yeah. Thank you. Um, was, I was so insulted. What do you mean? I was so insulted that people thought, I was like, well, why, why isn't he in the game? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Gee. Yeah, it just it made Duba said beforehand it made more sense on the cap to not call up to run with seven D as opposed to call up Clifford or uh, yeah. Richie. Okay, fine. Yeah, just fine. for the cap, it's the middle of the season. That's okay. Yeah, because the playoffs is a different situation. Fine, but the Flames played the way they did with the speed that they did, the energy they did, the violence and aggression that they did on the second half of a back to back. Mm -hmm. So if we're gonna move the goalposts for the Leafs, we're gonna move them for them too. Okay. What I said, and that I should never tweet. I have this platform. I have LFRs. Why do I ever tweet? I go through this once, twice, three times a season where I go, why do I have an account? Why do I have an account? What a waste of time. Like I Save it for the, save it for the, the show. Yeah, I cannot where, adequately explain yeah. myself. That, on a, that on, much, in a tweet? No. That no. much is obvious. So... Like you were trying Here to have a nuanced conversation last night on, on Twitter, Twitter, and you can't. And, and was, I don't know. That was your fault. Thousand <laughs> percent. That's your fault. Thousand percent my fault. And here it is in a nutshell: the Leafs do not lose a lot of games. They win the vast majority of the games they play, which is great. They often lose these games. We've seen it over and over and over. And oh, it's one game, and okay, like I mean, at, at like you were tweeting point, about it being a playoff game, Steve. It, like it wasn't a playoff game. Objectively, it's a Thursday night yeah. game in Calgary. And a lot of people, that's their response. They're like, okay, it's not though. <laughs> it's not a playoff game. It, it saved those expectations for the actual playoff game. So, which one of us is saying the regular season doesn't matter then? Because I was getting a lot of that. Well, you said the regular season doesn't matter. No, 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 no. You're the one saying this game does not matter. They're, they're saying it doesn't matter in the context of everything that's going on and the fact that they're a really good team. Well, they're having their best regular season ever. Those games don't matter either. It's a, it's a, it's a collection of individual games. So, well, then, they, so they don't matter either. Then They've played you, zero games. Then, uh, then I can be like, okay, I agree with you. Then let's just wait till the playoffs and then you're still overreacting to this one game. Am I, am, I think people are overreacting to valid criticism. Mm -hmm. They lose heavy games, man. They struggle. In heavy games. Now, they outshot the Flames. They they came out of the gate hot. What do you say about to people that they got goalied? What do you say? They that? get goalied every playoff. <laughs> well, they How have many? played some pretty good goalies. Tuka Rask, Carey Price. Oh, it's, you know, the, the list of shitty goalies to win the Stanley Cup is pretty short. Well, yeah, it's just yeah. anti-Niemi. Right. <laughs> like, that's like, it. You're right. Guys, you're right. The right. idea that having a good goaltender isn't just no. a thing you can do. Like, I, was, I texted this. Is, people act like having the other team having a good goalie is, like, illegal. It's like, oh, they had a good goalie, so this, this, their victory doesn't count. No, you can build the team that way, and you can win with a good goalie. Like, you know they're going to potentially play Andre Vasilevsky, right? Yeah. Can I, can, I, can I ask a question? 
Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Maybe the question we're not asking here is, um, the other team had a good goalie. Do the Leafs? He's struggling. We got an eight-game skid now with Jack Campbell where I've seen one or two good starts, maybe. Nick Alberga had a wild tweet yesterday. I think it was his last nine games. He's 6-2-1, and one, which is fantastic with an 8-93, which right. is devastating. Yeah. Devastating. Here, uh, how about this one from Mike Augello? It's from December 1st. Jack Campbell, 9-2-2. Two two. Incredible. 8.98. Oh, God. Save percentage. Woo! So I think, to me... Wow. Not good. To me, if you're going to talk about, like, the Leafs aren't struggling. It's a game. But our job is to overanalyze everything. Yeah. Welcome along for the ride. Hi, you must be new here. Um, and I, I think, personally, that the Leafs are a very good team. And if Jack Campbell can get that save percentage to 905 or 910, we're laughing. Different game last night. Jack Campbell can't go into the corners. No, we can't. You're right. But I do think when the Leafs are at their best, they can outplay heavy teams. They can play around heavy teams. They're not going to be a heavy totally, team. Totally. Totally. And, they, and that's what I'm thinking is that I think that they know that Jack's a little fragile right now. Mm-hmm. I think that they know that they're, last night they're a couple men down. And I know excuses, whatever. You're going to lose people in the playoffs, whatever. And, and I know like Muzzin, is, did Muzzin even play last night? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Muzzin he, was, but it's like his first game back. Yeah, Muzzin was, he was okay. He was back in the lineup. But he's okay. I was encouraged. Good. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like Jake Muzzin, after coming back from a concussion, is going to go, let's go toe to toe, Matt Kachuk. You know, it's like, yeah. we're not gonna, I'm not going to fight you. Um, I, my thing is, I think that what you're seeing is what the Leafs look like when Jack Campbell isn't Vesna candidate Jack Campbell. This is not his best stretch, and they're still doing great. So from yeah. my perspective, I think this team is talented enough to play around the heavy. I think you can have high-flying teams. The Penguins are a great example of a high-flying team that were tough and nasty sometimes. And the Leafs can be. Michael Bunting's a great example of that. I didn't love, um, I didn't love the takes on... I, the Kasha thing is interesting. Yeah, can we talk about that? Yeah, so... It's, I don't think it's a suspension. I don't think it no, is. No, it wasn't even... It was a clean hit. Uh, Zadorov is 6'4". I don't know what he's supposed to do. He's 6'4", and he's going up against a guy who's, uh, what, 6'1", Kasha is? I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. But it, it doesn't such matter. A... Kasha's just smaller than him, and Zadorov's checking him, and Kasha goes into, like, the middle of his chest and his, his shoulder. And if like, you're the that's team... That's how you hit a guy in the NHL. If you're the team that, more often than not, like, higher than 50% of the time, comes out on the wrong end of stuff like that, you're going to be shorthanded. Like I, I'm not saying anything that's unfair here. Um, yeah, like again, they're a great team. They're a team worth believing in. Um, and I'm not asking the Leafs to be the Flames. They're not built to be the Flames. The Lightning are a great standard uh, for the Leafs to aspire to. I, I know they said the Hurricanes. the The Lightning are a great standard to aspire to because they're not particularly heavy up front. They got a couple guys. Um, Real heavy on the back end. Good lord. And they got a world beating goalie when all else fails, which it doesn't usually. All right, right. So they're like to me, there's a reason they're the back to back champs with a chance at a third. They're currently the the standard. Um why shouldn't we be talking about that? Why shouldn't we be talking well, about because how they the, can be even better? Here's the thing. Both can be true, right? And I think this is important for Leafs fans to to, to understand is that the Leafs are probably the best Leafs team we've ever seen. This is the best. 
regular season team by the stats we've ever seen. And it's also true that there's five or six teams that are that you would say are easily better. I wouldn't say easily better. I'd say Florida, I Tampa. Give, I give the edge to. Yeah, give the edge yeah, to. Yeah. Okay. Florida, Tampa. So that's an enormous problem. Carolina. Both of them are in the division. Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can you include th- the West Coast on this one too. Is no, I'm, yeah. I'm talking league wide. I think. I think Carolina is pretty evenly matched. It's more evenly matched than people. That was a fun credit. game. I it's want them to play each other. Game. They're not going to play each other, but I want them to. I think the Leafs have the edge on the Bruins now, but mm-hmm. that remains yeah. to be seen. Yeah. Colorado's really good. Vegas is very difficult to evaluate because we haven't seen them play a healthy game. And and yeah, and Jack Eichel. And they're still in first. Um, by the way, they're quietly tampering their way somebody's gonna go down with an injury yeah. here what about it's already happened i mean Mar- Nash- uh, mark stone nashville mark stone is out. Yeah. nashville is resurgent this year um Juicy soros uh right. yeah but toronto's and, competitive and, with any team in the league i think is what we're saying they can play yeah. any team in the league but right. i'm saying okay maybe not five teams right but the problem is that two of the teams that i meant that were mentioned there are directly in their division and that's yeah. the hard part, right? It's it's like it's not that you're trying to like league wide. Yes, you compare them to most teams; they're gonna they're yeah. they're kicking ass. It's amazing. But the problem is that they have to play probably Tampa or Florida, and both teams are very very good. I and I don't know if that's a problem. I, you play you don't play bad teams in the playoffs. I don't understand why Leaf fans who care are pretending not to. No, I don't think it's that they. I think it's a difference of opinion. I don't think it's a not care. I think it's. They're looking at this and going, this is objectively a new season. Last season, if if you really look at it in context too, Steve, remember the Leafs did not have a backup. The Leafs have Jack Campbell and Peter Morazic this year, but they had Freddie Anderson and his unsurgically repaired hip playing awful in the AHL. So, you know, they were hoping and praying that Jack Campbell, who has an injury history, got through. Yeah, Freddie, I mean... God bless him for the success he's having in Carolina. He was a non-option by the end. Oh of last yeah, year. and it was like you can't ar- you can't argue that. Like it's no, he was terrible. You couldn't use him. Um, so they still dressed. So they didn't have. They had that going on. There was COVID going on. There's all those things. So I understand. I think it's just a different point of view of people. Like I want to. I think we should leave that in the past. Certain core pieces are gone from some of those teams, and I I can understand that point of view. It's it. I I'll have to admit sometimes. Um, I feel like. Yeah, why are we paying attention to what happened last year? Because right. really, if you look at any of those series, Montreal, Winnipeg, Vegas, all those teams want that series back. All those teams want that series oh, yeah. back. I, it's not about last year. I was watching last night, and I saw the blue team get squished by the red team. It's also hard for people to live and die by game 44 of the season. Yeah, it is. And you, you have know? to understand that yeah. your... Your passion edge is a little bit higher than a lot of people's. Yeah. No, I don't think that's true because, uh, or I'm saying there's a group of people mm -hmm. who are like, Steve, it's game 44. There are a group of people who are like, Steve, it's game 44. And I agree. And they lose nine, one next game. They'll all show up. That's different. I I don't cheer for the Leafs to lose. Oh, Steve, you know, makes more money, gets more clicks when they lose. They're one of the best teams in the league. Do you know how badly I wished it was the other way around? Do you know how badly I wished I got 100,000 every time they won a game? Mm-hmm. I don't. And that's not my fault. I don't know what to do about that, guys. I I, think I, I don't I, think that's I, the same argument. I yeah, own a bakery. Not, we're not talking about the same yeah, thing. I again. own a, let me get this there. out. I own a bakery. <laughs> I bake goods. 
I put them on the shelf. Some days people come in and buy them. Right. Others they don't. Right. I don't know what to do about Here's that. Because they're that's delicious some, every day. That's something else that's besides our conversation here. Yeah, that's not what that's not the that's not the conversation. I think the conversation here, Steve, is that there are two groups of fans. And there are some who are like, uh, last season's done, let it go. This this team looks better than they did last year. And they do. Like, let's be honest. Joe Thornton dressing last year. Come on. He's terrible. He's terrible most of the year. Terrible. Playing on the top line, playing third line, even fourth line. Like, I know he scored some stuff, but come on. You saw him skate out there. So did I. So just not having that in the lineup. I love Joe Thornton. He was not the right fit. Uh, just that alone. Team's better. I think you got people who are like, I'm ready to look at this team as it is right now. Mm-hmm. And then I got other people that have a little PTSD who are looking at it in the five-year projection. And I get both sides. I do. I'm of the opinion. I'm, I'm leaning towards the, I think we got to look at this team as it is. And what I see and what I saw last night is um, the Leafs played fragile hockey, which they are prone to do. Their goalie is not at his best, although he's still winning, which is great. So that's perfect. Uh, and frankly, I know that when the Leafs are at their best, they can they can skate circles about just around right. just about anybody there's, except well, for Florida. There's also in that first group uh, the idea that you can't show up for all 82 games. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Every every team has nights where they don't show up, You're where they're not the best, code, where they get beat. Right? You know, that's just that's just a thing uh, that happens in sports. You get beat. You're not going to win every game. And I think a lot of people are looking at it as like, okay, when do we freak out? Because the game 44 might not be it. How would we be talking about the leaps? If the roles were reversed, if they on the second half of a back to back pulled that off against one of the top teams in another division, we'd be saying they're great. Yeah. There it is. Mm-hmm. Well, the Flames were great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Leafs had an off night. The Leafs are an extremely good team. Yeah. They're really difficult to beat. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to beat them, you're going to play how the Flames did last night. Yeah. I think, I think the perception out there for certain people, and this is a small group, by the way, is that, that if you're negative, you specifically, Steve, are negative about the Leafs, whether, whether they win or lose, that you do better. And I could tell you objectively, I've seen the numbers. I run a network. That's not true. Um, I'm not doing any of the things anyone's ever accused me. I'm but, not yucking it up. But I, but I'm I also yelling and screaming. I also want to throw this out there. It's okay to let people think that. Oh, listen. Uh, you know, I didn't uh, get like a viral moment where I blew up overnight. This has been a slow burn for 15 years, and for a lot of that 15 years. I ran this mom and pop shop where I had a really intimate relationship with everyone I was talking to Mm -hmm. and I've lost that. It's gone. Like I don't get to control everything I put out there. And sometimes I struggle with that. Sometimes it depresses me. Does it? Yeah. Why? Tell me about that. Because I miss you. Mm. You you feel a little misunderstood? I I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And like... You know, sometimes I'll, I'll get a message or whatever from someone who I know has been watching for years. And it's not just a disagreement. It's like cruel. And I'm like, where? Like, I, you'd be amazed how many of you I value as friends. And, you know, it's like uh, having a lot of friends and none of them are close. Mm-hmm. Instead of having a, a few friends and they're really tight. You know, I, 
thank you for all the success you've given me and everything, but there are times where I miss you. Yeah. It's hard. Does it's that hard. make sense? If, if, you're, if you're an artist and you come out and you, you have one song and everybody who listens to your first song loves your song, and then your song gets started playing on the radio, and then people who aren't a fan of you start hearing your shit, and they start tweeting that, hey, your song sucks. And you're like, I, there's... I have or you release your second album, and the yeah. new fans like it, and the old fans don't. Right, or whatever combination yeah. of that is. You know, yeah. you reach a new audience, and you grow, and then there's a portion that didn't seek you out that are just turned on you because you're too big. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult thing you're going through. It's, well, it's, but it's also like the stadium is so big that, that I'm up here, uh, I'm on the stage singing mm -hmm. Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> And everyone at the back heard Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> and I'm like, you're too... F that's not what I was... But, but, and I gotta stop, you know, uh, partway through every song. So one and, then, and then the thing you do is you try and go to each individual person in this 50,000-seat stadium and, and it, talk them into and what you you're talking do about. It. And you can't do it. But yeah. damn it, I try. Mm -hmm. I try and it doesn't work. So let me let me throw hurts, this at you. And I think this heart. is an important th thing if, if, um, if you create content for a living. One of the things I learned in university, for the university that I attended, <laughs> I know, I know, it's hilarious to hear that. I get it. You're, we both thought the same thing, but you laughed out loud. Oh, Jesse mean. doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Tell everybody how long you went to school for uh, and how uh, many degrees you. I owned. went to. I went zero degrees. When I worked at the NHL <laughs> network, sorry, zero degrees, and I. But I did. Uh, I I was in philosophy, and one of the things that we were talking about is media. It was like a media philosophy crossover class. And you talk about like Marshall McLuhan and that's like paint dry or whatever. But one thing that kind of perked my interest was a writer discussing, and I think this is a theory and I forget what it's called and whatever. I'm not going to cite it properly. So sorry to all the university people that are like, oh, it's from this, you dummy. Um, is if, if this was a specific, specifically a writer, but if, it, if you do songs, if you do poetry, if you do YouTube videos, if you do Vine, if you do whatever, your time with your content the only time that you're going to control how people feel about your content is when you're the only one who has consumed it. The second you put it out to the world, it no longer belongs to you. It belongs to the audience that consumes it, mm -hmm. whether they like it or they don't. So every Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran song that I have been forced to listen to, despite my better judgment, it's, it belongs to me because I'm now consuming it. It doesn't belong to them anymore. And it's a, it's a philosophical principle. And the whole point of it was to say, as, an, as a person who creates stuff, I don't want to say artist. I don't know if YouTube is an art. I don't know. Podcasting is an art. I don't know. Creator? Creator. Yeah, I don't know. Someone who creates, as soon it's as you create, word. you put it out in the world, and you let people take it the way that they want to take it, and you don't control that. I know. And, let me t and I want to say, I think there's a couple of things here that you mentioned, and I think it's really important. I think, number one, the last two years have been the hardest that any of us have ever gone through. And I think, and I have seen, I hold was on. a little stressed this week. Yeah, I think, so, well, not yeah. just you, but I think everybody, whether you're in the United States, Canada, Europe, Asia, we you know, we got listeners all around the world. Um, I think that the, I've seen it in my DMs as well. And I've seen the, 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 uh, when people are mad and people who I know and follow are mad or they disagree with an opinion, it wouldn't be like, hey, I disagree. It's, hey, fuck your wife and family. Um, and, and you know, oh, Adam, ex-wife, ex-wife. Sorry, you're right. Go. But yeah, yeah. Like, I hope, <laughs> I hope your house burns down. You, you piece of shit. Where it's like, wow, I, I didn't expect that that take on that team would take you to that level. Okay. And I think it's yeah. because we're all collectively 
a little on edge. Mm. I think I'd put you in that category, Steve. Sure. I'd put myself in that category. Jesse, not so much. Some people, you know. Yeah. Gotta some, envy you. I know. Like, we would. It would be uh, a poor conversation on our behalf if we didn't mention a two-year pandemic. hundred percent. Everything we just said. I'm so tired. Like of it, it yeah. goes like, into everything that was just said and just the reactions of people and and how everybody's consuming and taking so, the world. So here's what I'm going to recommend. And if you're watching this or you're listening to this, the guy to my left is Steve Dangle. Steve Dangle <laughs> is one of the most caring, humblest, great guys I've ever met. Shut up. Sometimes he also gets a little mad. <laughs> As you all know, because that's why you watch him in the first place. Some of your blow-ups are great. Some of them. And, and I would say this. Nothing has changed except we've had a really tough couple of years. If everybody could just take it a little easier on, on each other in this community, because it's a great community, I think we'd be better. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that yeah. we got to be perfect. Sometimes I'm snide. Rosie DeMano told me the other day that I don't know what the fuck or something. And I said, well, that makes two of us, Rosie. No, she said, uh, you have no clue. You have no clue. And I said, well, no, you have no fucking clue. Oh. And I said, well, that makes two of us, Rosie. Admitting fully that I don't have a clue either. Yeah. Oh, listen, it's not like I give everyone grace. No, but I feel like <laughs> let's just take it down a notch. It is game 44. Steve felt like the Leafs got squished. I felt like... The Leafs, uh, the Leafs goalie hasn't been great lately. They played a little fragile, and they didn't have the best night. There Both was a can moment, be true. There was a moment where Goodbranson was behind the net. It was in the third period, and the, uh, there was like a scuffle, and he was just wailing on someone, and the ref was just kind of standing there. Do you remember this? Yeah, I think it was Mikheyev was at the bottom of the pile. always <laughs> happens. Yeah. It, I've stopped... Like, what What do you think? Officiating is going to save you? No, it's not. Like, now, it's going to get better? Yeah, no, it's yeah. going to get worse. Now, Stop. We do have to talk. <laughs> speaking of officiating, before we wrap, we got a little bit to get through in the show, but Brad Marchand, six games. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. So much has happened. And I have heard through sources that the Bruins organization is apoplectic. With who? The NHL. Because, because this is not a six-game suspension. Because based on the NHL's past, it's not a six-game suspension, which I 100% agree with. I would say the NHL's past is you can't touch goalies. Yeah, that's true. I I don't know. I think the six-game suspension is the precedent for, hey, don't fucking touch goalies. Well, who was the last guy to swing at a goalie? Yeah, especially because he goes over as the refs kind of drag him to the penalty box, and he spears the guy in the face. Oh, You can't do that to a goaltender. There's another thing where... Oh, Steve's saying you should be able to do this. What the? F no! <laughs> no! 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 I'm glad. If this is the direction the NHL is going to go, yeah. great. You shouldn't be able to do that shit. But my and I forgot this last episode when we were talking about it. There is concrete evidence that Brad Marchand is allowed to punch people in the head. With no repercussions. He punched Scott Harrington in the back of the head. What position? Defense. Scott, yeah, there you go. So, okay. Do defensemen and forwards have thicker brain fluid? Than no, but it's just always it been the way it's different. been. Yeah. A, a defenseless. That's wrong! Defenseless I know, but you're, you're not yeah, going to change it. Steve. You can remember what you say. You can also go on the ice and punch someone in the face. You can't do that in real life. Like, that's assault. I on know. the ice, there are different rules, so don't pretend like there aren't different rules. Clearly no. it's wrong. <laughs> like, Clearly it's wrong, but the refs are not going to save you. Right. No. You just said it. The NHL's not going to change, so let's accept it for what it is. Right. Yeah. Now, I, I, I want to say this. Listen, good. Glad he's good. <laughs> so they did get a suspension, right, in your books? 
Because people thought yes. that you were advocating for him not to get a suspension too. Yeah, I I was advocating advocating for Brad Marchand. <laughs> you said a number of times that uh, you he should get zero games and that the NHL uh, Department of Player Safety should sit in their shit. He should get zero games. You said that with your mouth. Yeah, so I can understand why people no, think that no. you think he should have got zero games. Absolutely not. You said he should have got not. zero games. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I said, I, I said, Look, sit in your shit. Yeah. So what does that mean? Give him zero games. That is that. Yeah. So give him zero games. No nuance. Nothing no, but attached. You followed up the sit in your shit. Like, give him zero games. I only games. know one language. I only know one language and I speak it as fluently as possible. I'm just saying, and Dangle Navy listening, I get where you came from on that issue. I okay. don't. Steve so, said, give him zero games. <laughs> Sorry, I get where you were coming from and you were wrong. All right, so so I want to read you this because my DMs, as you guys know, can from time to time be a tire fire, but mm -hmm. SD, SDPN memes, who is not an account that actually is officially associated with us, uh, last episode quoted Steve saying, Adam is the dad who never pulls over for McDonald's. And they had a little picture of me and then Steve in the back, like little Steve in the back and driving a car. And McDonald's Canada reached out and said, it's true. I know this because I hear Adam laugh as he drives by. Now, here's a message I got. And that McDonald's Canada, by the way, was very funny. Uh, from Caleb, your laugh makes it seem like you have a death ray pointed at the country from space. And I thought that was funny. So I wrote back, gun to the earth, I want, dot, dot, dot. And he writes back in all caps, Iguodala. <laughs> and I just want to say, I just want to say, when we talk about going a little bit easier on each other, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Let's all just have a little fun again. Someone, it's supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be fun. Someone added a gif. I forgot. You are exactly John Mulaney's dad. Because, me? Yeah. Am I? Because he does a bit. Where him and his siblings are in the back of the car and they're like, we want McDonald's, we want McDonald's. And finally, like on a long road trip, finally the dad pulls into a McDonald's and they're like, yeah, we're going to get McDonald's. And he pulls into the drive-thru and orders one black coffee for himself and drives away. That's you. Oh, shit. That is absolutely <laughs> is that you. Me? Yeah, because it's the one thing no kid wants you to share. <laughs> I can imagine having three kids. You have moments like that. You would have oh moments like God. that. One kid is enough. I could not do it again. I, it's, it's crazy. There are days where I'm like, it's impossible. There's this amount of noise in my house. <laughs> Me. <laughs> you. Me. <laughs> imagine how Mrs. Dangle feels. <laughs> she's got two of you running around now. Uh, like if she's on the phone and I'm in the middle of a phone call, Leo decides to have a tantrum and Iggy is outside barking to be let in. I'm like, it's impossible. This much sound exists on earth. <laughs> it's, it's impossible. There's a truck protest outside my house as well. No. Like, it's, no. <laughs> no, no, no. And we wonder why you blow up on Twitter. <laughs> There's just a lot of noise. There's just a well, lot of noise. What's that t-shirt? I'm sorry I was angry when it was loud. Yeah. Or I'm sorry I was a bitch when it was loud or something like what? that. Because no, some people, so Natalie, Natalie sent it to me because when then things are too loud, she gets, she gets agitated and mm. it's like an actual condition. Misophonia. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. I think so. Well. There's different versions. So of it's it. it's just one of those. Maybe yeah. you're just a little there's too much noise. There are people who, if they hear you chew, will want to punch you in I the think head. That's misophonia, right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Jack's uh uh Jack's my co-host on Virgin. Her uh her brother and sister-in-law don't eat together because she's got it and she's got it bad. And he has to eat <laughs> he has Aww. to eat in the kitchen and she eats in the dining room because she can't 
can't hear the kids eat, can't hear him eat. Otherwise, she gets really mad, and it's just a that's the that thing. sucks. The workaround, yeah, it does that suck. Sucks. Yeah, I, I still like wearing, um, like even if I'm wearing earbuds, I like wearing the ones with the cord, so that you can see I'm wearing these in my head. Do not talk to me. <laughs> All around the house? No, 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 not not around the house. But like, I want I want people who who I can't hear to know I'm not ignoring them. I just right. can't hear them. You know what I mean? So, okay. Oh, someone I used to work with. So when you're editing video, you got to have your headphones on or you drive the rest of the office insane. And he would always try to have a conversation with me. And I got my can headphones on. <laughs> and I would be an asshole about it. I'd go, huh? Like, I'd go, what? And yeah. you know why I would be rude in that situation? Because in that situation, I was the second person to be rude. I'm wearing headphones. Don't talk to me. So there's what no are you etiquette. doing? There's snow etiquette and there's headphone etiquette. Is what yes. you're saying. Headphone etiquette. I'm wearing them. Don't talk to me. Or at least tap me first. Ever, because then I, you're two sentences in. I haven't heard a fucking thing you said. I've Sorry. experienced that exact same thing. Like, oh, I know it drives exactly me nuts. Yeah. Drives me. Now I'm yelly, screaming, man. Yeah. Now we're talking about something I'm actually passionate about. Holy shit. Like they come in to just start a chat. Yeah, especially when your job requires like video editing, especially or audio editing, and your whole thing is just listening to a thing. You can't have a conversation. But so many people think uh, when they're working, they can just have casual well, conversations. No. Not, no, my job requires me to pay attention yeah, to one like thing. <laughs> people that code, right? They, they are like dialed in for 13 hours at a time. Uh, just typing away, listening to really loud techno music. I've according seen to the Facebook movie, the Facebook thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, listen, it's 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 a uh, it's a wild time to be alive. We didn't even talk about Tippet. We didn't talk about Tippet. Oh, wow. Tippet's yeah. fired. I mean, <laughs> and what problem does that solve? I suppose we'll see. Yeah, I I well, I do know this. Okay, so so Tippet's not um, necessarily as forward thinking as Woodcroft. And he's a bit of a curmudgeon. And just like the Montreal Canadiens, I feel like what Edmonton needs right now is to have fun. Like, if Connor McDavid ever laughed or smiled at the bench, you know your team's dead. <laughs> yes. He looks like he's having the world's most miserable time. And, and by the way, what the hell was with the article that called him? There was like an article. Like, there's like, first off, there's some, there's some hits out on his defense, which I get. I saw that. I a get lot. that. Yeah. They're legitimate. They are legitimate. Um, but there's there are questions filtering the Edmonton media about leadership and about how Leon might be the guy who's actually the leader in the room. I threw that out there, did I not, at the beginning of the season? You did. I, you don't know. 100% you did. Yes. Um, they need three things. They need to have some fun. Sure. One thing I would be excited about with regards to Woodcroft, he's had so much success uh, with the AHL affiliate. Mm-hmm. And what do the Oilers need? To surround McDavid and Drysaddle with talent. Yes. If he can get the depth guys playing better, oh, they're a ridiculous team. And number three, and I'm not sure what Woodcroft is going to do about this, they need some saves. So, you know, who knows? Maybe <laughs> they win every game 7-6. I'm not sure when, what the coach is supposed to do about that. When Mike Smith got the Bronx cheer, when he allowed two quick goals. And he gave it back. Yeah. <laughs> what a war is going on between Edmonton fans and their goaltender. I thought that was a bit unfair, uh, to be honest. Nah, it's sports. Oh, it's de- it's sports <laughs> and it's fine. Like, yeah. all's fair and hatred in sports or whatever. <laughs> but, um, no, like, wasn't that his first game back from injury? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Don't and two, two quick goals. Yeah, but you I don't. get to boo you. Oh, you get to doesn't mean you're nice <laughs> and you don't like it. No, listen. listen if that was his fifth game back, yeah, go Mike ahead. Smith <laughs> is your grandfather. Show him some damn respect. Okay. All right. <laughs> Jesus. And he, by the way, you're stuck with him because he's here next year too. Two year deal. <sighs> Two year deal. So listen. Wow. We're gonna wrap it up there. Agent provocateur Alan Walsh discussing what it what it takes to be an agent. You owe us an Adam's history corner. Oh, I do owe us an. Ad- you know what? I'll do three next week. Is that fair? Sure. Okay, I'll do three of them next week. Right. Three straight episodes of Adam's History Corner. You're absolutely right, and I'm sorry about You're that. You're in History okay. Corner debt. I am in History yeah, Corner yeah. debt. Uh, Agent Provocateur, uh, my, my uh, by the way, the first History Corner is going to be on Grant Fuhr. Okay, got that ready to go. Uh, Second History Corner is going to be on the Harlem Hellfires, which is one of the best nicknames ever, and they were a World War II, sorry, World War One division that no one talks about. I don't know. Awesome it is. Name. Yo, it's sick. It's mm-hmm. sick. Third one, I haven't quite decided yet. But those were going to be my two this week. And for some reason, I forgot to do them. So that's my apologies. We will do them all next week. A lot happened. A lot happened this week. So uh, so Alan Walsh talking about uh, the Coyotes, talking about superstars in the NHL, and of course, how to become an agent part one. Uh, and then CJ and Julian with all the news, tippet firing, with all the shit that we went through, they're going to talk about. And, you know, CJ is going to have his insider status on that. So that's going to be great. Noxie and Cass, a couple of new episodes out this week. So uh, they're doing just an, a bang up job. It's been amazing. So good. Alish Forfar. I know. This was the first episode where they did news. So they talked about some of the issues that went on this week at the Olympics and in women's hockey. It's really good. Give it a listen. We didn't also, even get into that. Like Adam's oh going to hate it because it's not 30 minutes, but they went a little over time with Ailish. I'm going to have to put in a call. And by the way, <laughs> if we didn't adequately cover that, which we didn't, uh, we have Game Over International and we have Noxie and Cats. Yeah, and Mike Stevens slept in for it. So don't forget... Mike Stevens. Oh, yeah. What? I Mike woke Stevens, up to some yeah. drama. What yeah, happened? Yeah, he's supposed to set an alarm on his Google Home, and I guess it didn't work. And then so Steve and I called him this morning. And Steve like, and I. Adam's like, what? Steve, we're going to bully Mike Stevens. Yeah, yeah. So we called him, and he felt terrible, right? He missed out with Andrew. And, and so Steve's like, oh, you're tired, huh? Kind of tired? Tired? Imagine how Andrew feels. <laughs> so I think... Hey, here, d- don't worry about setting your alarm for next time. There won't be one. <laughs> wow. So we, uh, I just decided to go full Just asshole. Yeah, and he felt terrible. So I know he's either going to go on with Omar this weekend or he's going to go on sometime next week. Great. We love Mike Stevens. And Great. Andrew did a bang-up job on his own. Uh, and thank you for joining him in the chat. Thank you, chat. I was on the show there. on Thursday. Did you like it? It was a lot of fun. Uh, Andrew does a really good job. I chugged coffee at like 5.30 so that I'd be ready for 6. I don't know how he does it every morning. Like, I did it one morning. I'm like, okay, that was a lot of fun. I could, I could, I did it, but not every morning. Did you have flashbacks to the morning show? Oh, yeah, 100%. Did you hate it a lot? I I enjoyed it for the one time, but I'm not going back. I'm not going to lie to you. The hours suck. Was there a moment where your alarm went off and you just went, fuck? (laughs) (laughs) That's day three or four. Okay. One one day is fine. There are, there are days where you're so tired and you're actually in a good mood. Did it for a year and a half with Adam. Did it one day again with Andrew. I'm done. Everybody, everybody's (laughs) like the first time they do it. They're like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. Mm -hmm. Talk to me in two weeks. Right. Welcome to being a new parent. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That too. That too. So listen, we'll be back on Monday. Great. Uh, have a great weekend. Uh, it's going to be nice to have real like three, four games to talk about every week from now on. How wonderful is that? I uh, was looking at my calendar oh. yesterday. It's, You're going to be busy. Woo, well, and like especially for the Friday shows, they play almost every single Thursday. Oh. Yeah. Hey, you know, they're Give apparently going to lift restrictions here soon. So we might be able to actually go see a game. Woo! I hope they win.
the Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.